Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. So we have taken a look at the traits of a healthy relationship. Now we're kind of going down the path of looking at forms of unhealthy relationships. We talked about godly soul ties versus ungodly soul ties. We talked about codependency, and today we're going to kind of um, touch a sticky topic, uh, and we're going to talk about abusive relationships. Now, I want to give this disclaimer. Uh, when I'm talking about abusive relationships, I'm really going to be talking, for the most part, about mental, emotional, spiritual, verbal abuse. Um, I want to be intentional to let you know that if you are in a physically abusive relationship, and if you are, you know I'm talking to you. I am going to encourage you to seek help and seek safety immediately. Um, It does not mean you cannot work on that relationship, but you can do it from a safe place and a safe space. If that person is interested in really working on learning how to love you according to your design, they, you seeking safety will not shatter the relationship. If it shatters the relationship, then they are not interested in your design. They do not love you. Um, And so I'm going to encourage you to seek safety and to seek help immediately. So that being said, I don't ever want to downplay the um, trauma and the damage that physical abuse obviously inflicts upon a person. But I also want us to recognize the damage and the torment and the trauma that also emotional, verbal, and spiritual abuse Um, can cause to a person as well. So I want us to recognize, uh, it's interesting to me because, you know, as children we were taught, again, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And it was kind of this adage, this saying that we were taught to basically kind of blow off when somebody says, calls me a name or says something that hurts me that I'm just supposed to ignore and pretend like it's nothing. When the reality is those things really do pierce and penetrate. They can wound us. And I think um, in our attempt to teach children, in, in the attempt to teach me how to survive those things, that this is a part of life, and it is, that this is a part of life, we kind of teach people to just ignore that or uh, ignore that behavior or we do the opposite we teach them to just react and become aggressive Um, but we haven't taught the in-between which is healthy boundaries how to uh, shut those things down in love and in kindness how to guard our own heart how to guard our path how to guard our purpose um, and so bottom line, that line, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Y'all, that is not true. Let's be honest. That is not true. But not only is it not true, it's not biblical. Um, and so I do believe that God has designed us um, so that we can recognize what a healthy boundary looks like in a moment and be able to put those boundaries up. So to see, if I had to summarize abuse, I would say that it is any relationship where there is power, control and misuse of authority at play. Um, It's really about control and power um, and misuse of authority. This can be within a relationship, uh, including marriage, friendship. It can be with a family member. It can be with a coworker. Um, But it's important to note that just as often as we dismiss, dismiss emotionally abusive relationships, we often call things emotional abuse when they are not. So let me flip the coin here for a moment. 
if you have, if you are in a relationship that includes heated discussions where there's yelling, screaming, constant disagreements, um, while that is not the healthiest pattern for your relationship and God does have a better pattern in mind for you, that does not make the relationship abusive. Um, and so again, uh, as a counselor, a lot of times I have to discern people come in, they think they're in an abusive relationship. And I'm like, look, just because this person doesn't agree with you doesn't mean it's abusive. Um, to the same degree, again, remember um, not to victim blame, but to victim empower. When, we're, when I'm dealing with the victim, the, the abusee, uh, the one who is saying I'm being abused, and especially when it's just, uh, when I say when just, when it's mental, emotional, spiritual, as opposed to physical. There's a lot to discern there because a lot of times we discern um, somebody wanting to, to control us. We discern being overpowered. We discern being manipulated when we're not um, because of our own core beliefs and because of our system, our experience, our upbringing kind of teaches and trains us that this is how people are and you better look out because everybody's out to get you and nobody wants you to thrive and nobody's ever going to love you. And so a lot of times, if you have not read my book, Enforcing You, it's all based on the statement that your core beliefs will predetermine how you perceive, what your perspective is, and ultimately the paradigm you walk him. So most of the time when I am dealing with a relationship that involves mental, emotional, spiritual abuse, it is 50-50 at play. Remember, both partners play, um, play a part in the establishment of the personality of the relationship. Um, and so this is good news. This isn't to not validate that you either are being mentally or emotionally abused or not validate that you feel that way. This is for the purpose of empowering you to recognize, oh, there are some things that I can change in my life to change the pattern of this relationship. Now, let me jump ahead of myself um, and tell you that when we, are, when we start moving down the path of setting healthy boundaries, uh, boundaries will do one of two things in your relationships. They will either better them or they will shatter them. So you have to gird yourself up, really come into this place where you're confident in who you are. More importantly, you're confident in the love of God upon your life, upon your path, upon your design, so that you are girded up so, if it, so that you can set a boundary, you can stick to the boundary. We're gonna be talking about consequences having consequences in place so if a boundary is breached, uh, you already know in advance how you're gonna respond to that. Um, but you need to be willing to recognize that that relationship might be shattered and that what is at stake is your design. So it's not about the relationship being at stake, it's about your design being at stake. So you need to be willing to say, okay, I'm willing to lose this relationship in order to find my own design and find my own path. These are hard conversations to have. If you feel like you are in a mentally, emotionally, spiritually abusive relationship right now, or you just feel squelched in some relationships, you wouldn't necessarily call it abuse and you just don't know how to kind of set those boundaries, um, book a discovery call with me. I'd love to talk to you more specifically about some of the challenges that you are having. Talk to you about getting girded up in some ways that you can start setting some healthy boundaries for your own life and really start bringing that relationship into health. This is not about walking, there is a very fine line between setting a boundary and putting up a wall. 
I believe this is one of the reasons why we see such a high rate of divorce is because people finally just get fed up with the mutual abuse because most of the time it's a mutual abuse in a relationship. And instead of really recognizing, we can set up boundaries, we can redefine our pattern. Um, they just put up walls and they choose to opt for a divorce. Now, if you have not read this book, Again, To Love and To Be Loved, I tell a lot about Brad and I's story um, and how we kind of came to that place where we recognized both of us felt very squelched. I wouldn't say that either one of us necessarily felt abused, um, but we felt very squelched. Um, there were times when we felt like uh, the other person was not really cultivating our path, cultivating our purpose, cultivating our passions. Um, and so we kind of came to a place where we didn't like each other a whole lot. Um, and there was a lot of uh, not healthy patterns going on in our marriage. And so uh, we just decided, honestly, the Holy Spirit got a hold of our marriage and we just decided, look, we got ourselves into this. We don't really want to get a divorce. Although we did discuss it, uh, we don't want to get a divorce, uh, but we do feel like we need to redefine some patterns in our relationship. And those patterns needed some healthy boundaries in the way uh, we were treating each other. Uh, so the boundaries were to teach and train, not just to guard my heart, but they're also to teach and train Brad what it looks like to, to treat me with love and vice versa. Boundaries that he set wasn't just to guard his own heart, but was to remind me, teach me, hey, it's not okay when you talk to me like that. Um, and so we established healthy boundaries, a health, a real, I, mean, I know I'm totally getting ahead of myself, but a healthy boundary is one where it doesn't just guard your heart, but it empowers the other person to come into their design as well. So in some regard, it's empowering both of you to come into the fullness of your path and your own design. So a relationship um, doesn't necessarily, if, if you feel like it's abusive, it doesn't necessarily mean it is abusive. Um, so consider that as well. So these can be mutual, um, but it comes back to really taking a look at the personality of the relationship and saying, you know, what have I done to cultivate this and what are some things that I can do to change it? So again, we're going to go into some of those solutions later on. Right now, I'm just defining forms of unhealthy relationship. So let's shift here and let's talk about gaslighting. We hear a lot about gaslighting and narcissism. Um, the word gaslight actually comes from, it's, it's from 1938. It was a British playwright. It comes from a, a movie or a, a play called uh, Gaslight. Um, and it was about a married couple uh, named Paula and Gregory. And throughout this film, the abusive husband manipulates and twists and tricks Paula, uh, the wife, um, into where she kind of just starts, she starts to even kind of second guess herself, second guess uh, what she thought, what she understood very clearly. She begins to kind of wonder what's happening here. Now, we see evidence of this in the very first trickery in scripture with Eve and the serpent in the garden. Uh, Eve was confident in who she was. She was confident in her design. She was confident in what God had spoken to her. She did not question it. There was clarity there. She understood it. But then the serpent came along. It's one of the fir first places where we see in scripture just this gaslighting spirit at play where he begins to say, did God really see say? And she gets confused about what is about what is good for her and what is not good for her. And so she begins to question in some regard uh, what God had said. And she more so begins to question the motive of God and his creation for her and who she is. And so she begins to question, oh gosh, maybe I'm not 
Maybe I'm missing out on something. Maybe there's something more for me. Maybe this God isn't good after all. And so it's a form of trickery um, that really kind of twists and manipulates Eve in the moment and gets her to step out of the fullness of her design and step into the crazy of uh, the world. So simply said, gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse when one party manipulates things or to, to trick or twist someone into distrusting or doubting his or her own memory, perceptions, and sanity. Um, so I do often uh, work with people who feel like they're clear on something and then they go and have a conversation with somebody in their life and then all of a sudden they're confused again. And I'm like, what are you so confused about? Those are evidence that you possibly are uh, dealing with a gaslighter. Now, let me say this. Not everybody who is a gaslighter um, is intentionally gaslighting. A lot of people, I mean, the scripture talks a lot about um, that we, we use things to manipulate things. Um, often we teach our children to, we, by manipulating them. We might say, oh, if you pee pee in the potty, you get an M&M, right? So we're teaching our kids subtle form of manipulation. If you do the right thing, uh, uh, then you'll get this re reward. Or I'll bribe you with this reward if you do the right thing. Uh, and again, I know I'm being extreme, but I want you to have an understanding of how this is so ingrained in our society. And I think a lot of times we, while gaslighting can be extremely emotionally devastating, there are subtle forms of gaslighting, manipulating, tricking or twisting that probably all of us engage in on a regular basis. So again, this really isn't about pointing the finger at people around you. It's about giving you an opportunity to take a look at yourself um, in the mirror and say, gosh, do I feel like I kind of manipulate things to get what I want? Uh, wives, we are very good at this with our husbands. We kind of manipulate to get what we want. Um, and again, this is kind of a, tra a, a trained or a learned behavior that we have come into. So in James 4, 1 through 3, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your own desires to that battle within you? You desire but you do not have, and so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God, and when you do ask God, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Look, we're even trying to manipulate God sometimes, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. So this is where we see God addressing kind of some, and again, I went from the extreme form of gaslighting to just these subtle forms of gaslighting. Um, so while some gaslighters are intentional, uh, for most of us, it's simply, it, it's simply just their knowledge of how a relationship is supposed to work. Um, and so, <laughs> again, our, we, we have been taught this in our culture, and we have to be honest with ourselves that a lot of times we engage in these subtle forms of, of gaslighting when we don't intend to be hurtful. So again, I want to separate the intentional gaslighting from the unintentional gaslighting um, because I don't want you to be pointing your finger at your spouse or somebody that you're that you feel like kind of subtly tricks and manipulates you and twists things. It may not be intentional. It may just be the pattern or the learned behavior that they're stuck in. However, it may also be intentional. And that is for you with the Holy Spirit to discern. Again, if you want to book a discovery call with me, I would love to talk this out with you. So we hear a lot about narcissism. So a lot of times a true um, somebody who's intentionally gaslighting uh, goes is in connection with somebody who is narcissistic. Now, um, 
I want to, again, I want to discern the difference between narcissistic behaviors and somebody who is actually genuinely a narcissist. Um, because again, we all by nature have some narcissistic tendencies because we love ourselves. That's the self-idolatry that God is addressing. Um, it is natural. And when I say natural, I'm meaning our, our natural man, not our spiritual man. It is natural that we want to protect ourselves. We want to look after our own interests. Um, where we draw the line is that level of empathy. So I might have some, maybe some narcissistic behaviors, but there's still empathy and compassion that kicks in in a moment when I see the needs of somebody else that I'm able to go, quick, I'm going to cut off my needs in a moment and I am full on in empathetic and compassionate with this person in a moment. That's really the line of where narcissism um, kind of it crosses over from just narcissistic tendencies to actual narcissism. Now I say all this to say that I think um, narcissism has become like a buzzword or being a narcissist and a lot of times we throw that word around and we say well that person's a narcissist versus hey that was some narcissistic behaviors or tendencies that we see and the reality is God addresses that over and over in the Bible. Um, Philippians 2, 3, and 5, Romans 12, 3, over and over again he talks about um, addressing the flesh and how the flesh is selfish. The flesh has a tendency to guard itself, um, to look upon itself, um, to only be focused on self. Um, that doesn't necessarily make you narcissistic or make the person you're dealing with narcissistic. It just makes you human and it means you're operating in the flesh. Um, it also could mean that you are actually walking in the fullness of the Spirit and you're guarding yourself. Sometimes somebody who is really walking in the fullness of the Spirit has become confident. Jesus often looked narcissistic where he, uh, the needs of things around him were at the moment he was like, I can't deal with that right now because God has me on this path and I'm focused in this place. Um, he often seemed very dismissive of the hype and the drama around him because he was very focused on ministering, healing, and deliverance. Uh, he wasn't coddling of people, but rather he was empowering of people. Um, and so when you look at the narcissistic behaviors or, or characteristics, a lot of times I look at those and I think, gosh, that sounds like somebody who is also just walking in the fullness of confidence and boldness and is no longer affected, inflicted, afflicted, um, impressed by all the things around them. Again, that line is compassion. There's a difference between not being affected by something and ha absolutely having no compassion. If you think about us being uh, three-dimensional people, we, I often say like we're body, soul, and spirit. We're kind of 3D. Um, narcissists typically are kind of almost feel a little bit 2D where there's an absolute right and absolute wrong. They don't have any emotions about it. There's not a consideration of, of movement. Uh, there's not a lot of emotions involved there. Um, and so they are, and their way is always right. There's no, and they can't even consider like it's, it's unbelievable to them that somebody would have an opinion that's alternate to theirs. Like their way is the absolute way that is right. And again, you have no freedom. It doesn't matter how much you're being squelched. And they have no compassion and no empathy for anybody else's opinions, rights, uh, feelings, anything like that. 
Um, so again, I don't want us to confuse narcissistic behaviors um, because all of us have some self-idolatry in us if we didn't, God wouldn't address it so many times in the Bible uh, where we often operate in just selfishness. Um, and that doesn't necessarily make you a narcissist, nor does it necessarily make the person you're in a relationship with a narcissist. Allow that compassion or that empathy to kind of be your um, measuring standard. Now, let's go back to more damaging causes of gaslighting and narcissism. Narcissistic. Um, I, 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 narcissism, I was right the first time. Um, I want to go through just kind of this checklist that I often go through uh, with clients that I have. I'm going to go through them with you. Um, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time on them because uh, I want to get through this episode and I want us to get into uh, the rest of the, the book as well. Um, so go through, I'm going to go through this list and I want you to just ponder this one, think about a relationship that doesn't have to necessarily be all your relationships. One, you constantly second guess your guess yourself Two, you question if you are too sensitive. Three, you feel confused and have a hard time making simple decisions. Now, again, this doesn't necessarily mean you're like this in all of your relationships. It can just be one particular relationship where, so, so you could have really good, healthy relationship over here with somebody, but over here, there's a lot of codependency. There's a lot. And remember, gaslighting is a form of ungodly soul tie. So at the top here, we have this ungodly soul tie. Um, so gaslighting is a form of an ungodly soul tie. Um, it is a form of, it, it, it also has codependency. And so we're just kind of narrowing it down to more specific forms. Um, you tend to feel like you're under a fog or that your thoughts are foggy or less clear than typical. So maybe you have one particular relationship where you're like, okay, it seems so clear. I can think clear. I can make decisions. And then there's this one relationship where every time you're with this person, you just feel confused. Um, I have a, I have several people in my life that I feel like, God, every time I'm with you, I feel like every conversation is confusing. It's laborious. I, I'm like, what are you saying? Um, now I'm still in relationship with people and I don't allow that to influence me or to affect me, but I'm very aware that this person, whether they're a gaslighter, manipulative, narcissist, it doesn't matter. I'm just aware that that's an unhealthy feeling that I have when I'm with this person. Um, I don't necessarily have to define it. I'm just very aware of it. And often I will say, and there, there are several people in my life that are like that, that they just kind of carry this spirit of confusion. Um, and they're always kind of talking around in circles. I say, I, I say like, these are the types of people that talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, but they're saying nothing. And you're trying to keep up with them. And next thing you know, you feel like you've been twisted around and you're all dizzy and confused. And you don't know what's happening. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean this person is a gaslighter. Uh, it is something for you to be aware of that it's not you um, that's confused. It's not you that is crazy that sometimes these pe people just, and, and it also doesn't mean that person is doing it um, intentionally. Um, it just means that this person is uh, either just not a very clear communicator or they're carrying a spirit of confusion or they're just really keep talking to try and manipulate you. Um, and so I'm just kind of giving you just kind of some things to keep an eye out for. And, and really, uh, in all of your relationships for me in these relationships, it's not for me to call that out. It's just for me to be aware of um, that I'm like, mm, I feel a lot of confusion. And so sometimes I'll go into these relationships more with like bullet points or I'll say, okay, I want to take notes. Um, especially if it's somebody that you're working with or that you have to work closely with in a situation. I'm going to take notes now. And so doing the good communication, like I hear you saying this, 
or, hey, I heard you say this, 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 and this, but I don't feel like you have answered my question yet, or I don't feel like you have come to your point yet. Um, and so I'm going to try and teach that person how to communicate a little bit more clearly. That's the life coach in me. That's just how I rock and roll. Um, okay, so we're on point number five, which is you find yourself constantly apologizing. If you feel like you're constantly like, sorry, 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 again, or it, it could be that you, uh, sometimes people say I'm sorry as passive pushback um, because they don't like what they're being told to do or if they're being corrected. They slip into this victim mentality or like, sorry, or they give an excuse as to why they're, if that's you, that's you. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're that the person you're dealing with is a gaslighter or trying to manipulate you or twist you. It could be just your inability to really respond to authority and you're giving what we call passive pushback. Um, and if that is you, we see you. <laughs> when you respond, okay, uh, mm, sorry, those kinds of things, we see that passive pushback that you're not really sorry, uh, you just don't want, really want to be told what to do. Or... Uh, you immediately have gone into insecurity, I'm just a loser mode, and you're trying to manipulate me into feeling bad for you, um, and that's not going to work. Sorry, I'm going to digress off of that because uh, that's a hot topic for me as well. Um, the, the, the reality is, let me put, put, put a pin on this. The reality is some people have a hard time uh, being dealt with and communicated with directly um, because they're used to just kind of uh, him hawing around and using passive aggressive type communications and so obviously I'm a very direct communicator if I feel like there's awkwardness or if I feel like there's something that I own several businesses I'm very direct I will say this needs to be done at this amount of time um, and so uh, and if people aren't used to that or they're not if they're insecure or if they don't like authority a lot of times they will respond with what we call passive pushback um, so just something for you to be aware of that if you struggle with insecurity and you kind of are like, okay, sorry, um, and you're, you, 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 it may not be that you're being bossed around or being controlled. It may just be that you need to learn how to um, have a healthy, direct, very clear um, conversation with people uh, without feeling uh, like you need to give passive pushback. Okay. I'm going to come off of that and I'm going to come back to this list. <laughs> you're welcome for all that free advice. Um, you often make excuses for your partner's behavior. Uh, very uh, unhealthy sign. Uh, and I've seen those people where they're just like, well, she's just tired, or oh, he just got off of work, or oh, he's hangry, whatever it is. And you're just always making excuses for your partner's behavior or the this person in this relationship's behavior. Um, or a lot of times we'll say, well, they had a rough upbringing, and so I try to understand that and keep that in mind. Okay, that can explain behaviors, but when you allow that to excuse behaviors, now we have a problem. Uh, you can't understand why you used to be so so happy, um, and but now you feel unhappy and you feel depressed. And again, it can be just in a particular relationship. You can find feel like, I just feel like, blah, when I'm around this person or when I'm in this relationship. Um, whereas when I'm with this person over here, and again, this this you got to own, you got to look at what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to watch the series and start blaming everybody around you. Start in the mirror. Ask yourself, is it me? Uh, God help me. And that as we go through this book, we're going to be talking about how to establish healthy relationships really starts with you in your own relationship with the Lord and you in your relationship with you. Because more often than not, some of these feelings that we're having are because of the way we're perceiving things because of the way we view ourselves. Um, so, uh, but there is that few percent of you that really are an abusive relationship and you don't feel, you don't recognize it, you don't see it because you don't know any differently. 
you don't recognize the value that got, that you have and your ability to really be set free from that. So that's what I'm wanting to expose here. I'm not wanting to empower you to continue to walk in your victim mentality, okay? All right, uh, you feel like you can't do anything right. You often feel like you aren't good enough for others. Um, you have a sense that you used to be a more confident, relaxed, and happy person. You withhold information from friends and family so you don't have to explain things. Now, I'm gonna tell you um, that in my marriage, I shared a little bit. Uh, in my marriage, once upon a time, I felt a lot of these ways. Um, I felt like I couldn't do anything right. I felt like I was the one who was always wrong. I felt like I was constantly apologizing. Um, not all of these ways. I felt like I was, I was the least confident and the most insecure in my relationship with my husband. Now, um, that was not Brad's fault. Uh, so for me personally, uh, it, it came back to my upbringing, my system, some of the experiences that I've had in my past in relationships. Um, some abuse that I experienced and I carried that mentality into my relationship um, and I kind of uh, inadvertently it, through the pattern of Brad and I over the years I kind of taught and trained him that it was okay to, to treat me that way because that's what I knew of love that's what love looked like for me um, and so I kind of taught and trained Brad and so we we developed this unhealthy pattern where I felt very um, squelched, very pressed down, very oppressed. Um, and so that was a part, of, and that was never Brad's intention. Uh, don't hear what I'm not saying. My husband's amazing man. But we together had uh, developed this unhealthy pattern in our relationship that we had to work together to really begin to shift. So um, again, I want you to understand that many victims of gaslighting position themselves in the victim position. Um, and so, and then we teach and train people how to treat us. And so we often teach people to manipulate us or that way I can be easily manipulated or that you can just use me and we don't know how to say no. And yeah, I'm easy to take advantage of. Um, so th this is not to blame you. It's to help you to discover that that might be you and empower you to move out of that place. Um, so I I I'm trying to go back and forth because I want to cover all of my bases here and making sure that you understand um, the difference here. Um, all right, so this sums up this episode. Again, we're talking about forms of unhealthy relationship. Uh, I'm gonna go into, uh, I, I talked a little bit about the spirit of gaslighting when I talked about uh, Eve in the garden. Um, and so I'm probably going to go into a little bit on spiritual abuse for the next time, but then we're gonna be jumping into how do we rede redefine our relationships. If you are ready for change, if you are ready to make some changes in your own life, the patterns that you have set, if you're starting to recognize, oh my gosh, I do that. Oh my gosh, I do that. Because you're not gonna to wanna to miss the episodes coming up. All right, you guys, this concludes today's episode. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening. 